Welcome to season two, episode 28. Sports Banter with your host, Mr. Peanut. And the polar bear, come on. And the special guest, welcome back. My dad it says Mike Downey, but really it's Doc Downey, if you know him more. Correct. How you are we doing, brother? Don't get me confused with the Mike Downing. This is Doc Downing. <laughs> How's it going? What have you been up to? What have I been doing today? Uh, getting my taxes organized. Big day. So fresh off of the uh, Farmer's Open, right back into reality. You don't let yeah. the fame get to your head. <laughs> they, get, uh, they get a lot of publicity on the old Instagram post. Good uh, job. Yeah, a lot of comments about that. Yeah, I, I hope you're aware, Polar Bear, that he's the, uh, we've been over this before, he's the sign holder of uh, competition. The act, the fact that you are like anticipating I forgot, you know. Just, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past you, kid. Oh, really? That's a bold <laughs> statement. That was a bold, bold statement, young buck. <laughs> In reality, it's really for the audience, but... You know, if I want, if I can throw a dig at you at the same time, that's yeah, pretty good, good too. Good lord! At least I watched it. I don't even think you watched it. Uh, I did watch it because I mean, he was on TV. He was stealing the show. <laughs> I I'm did. I did have. Uh, I had Hideki Matsuyama and uh, Xander Shoffley, who San Diego, of course, Xander Shoffley's a big deal. Um, but Hideki, I was. Uh, Telling a few select people, he shot six under on the front nine. He birdied four holes in a row, six, seven, eight, and nine. And uh, it was the, and I've done this for 38 years where I've walked with players. Uh, the best nine holes of golf I've ever seen anybody play. Anybody. Wow. So he, every shot was like within four feet of the pin. Every tee shot was down the middle, about 305, 310. Um, dude speaks no English or very little. So he was just a little Japanese robot going right down the middle of the fairway. <laughs> that was going to be one thing I asked you because I saw on the broadcast, you, you wrote something and then you muttered something to him. He kept walking because he doesn't speak English. But I wanted to know, what did you, did you say, like, nice shot or what was that? Yeah. Do you remember, yeah, do you remember that, what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I said it about, you know, eight times in a row. <laughs> so I think he just like I think he just kind of go, Oh yeah, thanks. I mean he could he could speak a little bit here. Um he was he was on fire and he was focused and uh, the caddy was really good. He was really uh he spoke more English, kinda of almost like a translator, I would say, but they were uh, you know, speaking Japanese together and figuring out what irons and they were just dialed in, man. It was like, it was pretty, it was pretty special. It was pretty fun. Cool. Yeah. He, he shot three over on the back. I mean, it's an incredibly tough course. So I have no qualms about anybody shooting three over on that back nine, but um, he ended up uh, out of the contention. But uh, it was, it was a blast to be out there. It was fun. Yeah. Looks like a pretty solid, uh, at least weather wise day out Very in Torrey Pines. Can't, can't beat it really. Always incredible to see those guys line up like a sixty-yard putt and miss it by fractions of an inch. That right. always gets me. Right, <laughs> it's it's going for like eight seconds. You go, oh shit, that's in. 
and going and going and going yeah. and on, and those greens were so fast. Um, I'd probably shoot 180 out there. And that's oh, that's giving me, you know, a couple of guineas, a couple of a couple of mollies. There you yeah, go. If you're going 180, then times that by two, and that's my score. <laughs> Easily. Oh, you'd have ran out of balls, dude. Yeah. You could not carry <laughs> enough balls. That's nice. <laughs> I'll wear it on the chest. That's that's facts. But listen, fellas, we're not here to talk about golf. Although, great segue. Um conference championship, NFL football. Uh one game was very disappointing, I guess you would say. Uh, we'll start there. 49ers at Eagles. Uh, just a massacre of a once proud franchise, San Francisco. Um, you know, I'll start here. There's really not much to say other than the 49ers ran out of gas, so to speak. I mean, injuries, and they were already on their last leg with Brock Purdy starting that game, who had played great up to that point. One uh, one aggressive rush by Reddick on the outside, smokes him in the arm, which immediately I go, fumble. And it was a fumble, turned out. And Good he call. tore his UCL on that play. So at the start of the year, Brock Purdy, the seventh round, last pick of the draft, you know, just trying to make the squad, ends up starting in that moment. They'd already been down Trey Lance, Jimmy G. Now you're down. Brock Purdy, so they go to Josh Johnson. Right then and there you go. This is a mess. This isn't going to work for anybody. Uh, God bless Josh Johnson, you know, USD alum. But, I mean, the guy is – how old is that guy? I mean, he was at USD like 20 years ago. So He's 36, I believe. Yeah. So, I was rooting for that kind of story to develop, but never really got anything going. He himself got out of the game. Good Lord. Um, So – Let's start there and kind of dissect the game as you saw it. Uh, Polar Bear, we saw. Um, you know, I honestly hadn't been hadn't really watched the Eagles throughout the season, you know, as like a full game, if you will. So coming in, I was a little, I'll be honest, a little skeptical of how well they play. And I was very shocked at how well they play. Um, in a sense of one, their defense just, you know, I think, I think San Francisco's offense being hurt with Purdy and then going to Josh and then going back to Purdy, it showed how lacking that offense is at that position. Uh, in a sense, if Purdy were not to get hurt, who knows what the story would have been. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, you know, the Eagles just played a fantastic round of football. Um, I think, I think we as fans, including me, what I saw was a little slated in a sense of losing their quarterback, going to their 12th string, and then going back <laughs> to a guy that's hurt. So, you know, we didn't really get to see a true offensive battle, if you will, but we did get to see two defenses go, you know, toe to toe. I felt like San Francisco was doing a very good job early on but you know towards the end of the game with you having those two guys injured that defense isn't going to be able to stand up four quarters like that yeah well i agree with that entirely it's it was like watching the bears from two years ago where everything was three and out and the defense is on the field and 
they have a pretty good first half, right? I mean, it wasn't bad at halftime. So it was a decent first half. It was at least within striking distance. But you give uh, Eagles three and out, like, I don't know how many times in a row, six, seven times in a row, and the defense keeps going out there, and they just can't. They just came. Warner got hurt for a little bit, but I think he was he was okay there uh, in the second half. But um, you throw a defense out there that much against any team, and they're going to end up scoring. I don't think Eagles score thirty one if the uh, 49ers have their regular offense in there. But remember, they started with their third string quarterback. I mean, that was their starting quarterback. He had a great run at the end of the year, but at this level of competition, you're throwing your third string guy in there. He's never been in a playoff game, really, other than, you know, the beginning of this playoff series. And um, he gets hurt, and the defense has to do it all. And we were saying in the group I was in, if San Francisco doesn't score a defensive touchdown, uh, there's no way this yeah. team is. And, uh, you know, they, they gave it their all, and there just wasn't enough there at the end. So it was kind of handwritten on the wall when uh, Purdy went down. Yeah, I'd say, uh, talking about the Eagles, they kind of set the tone with their first series as well. Um, and mainly that fourth down play that they opted to go for. It, and then Devonta Smith makes that incredible one-handed catch, which in real time looked like he caught that right. completely clean. Right. Um, I guess uh, when you saw the replay, like two plays later, he it actually did hit the ground. But uh, – like the 49ers didn't pull the trigger on that. And that's a tough spot when they're running to the ball and it's the first drive of the game. So, I mean, you have to be pretty convicted to throw the challenge flag on it. Obviously, looking at it now, they should have because they had nothing to lose, as it turned out. Um, but, I mean, just the way the Eagles were flying on that drive and since that was the completion, they were, you know, in the red zone and they finished that drive with a touchdown. It, it was immediately, even before Brock Purdy got hurt, it was, okay, Eagles are here to play and, uh, you know, they've executed a few different things already. So that set the tone for the defense of the Eagles coming out. To me, watching the Eagles, they have been great all year. But the D-line in this game looked a little, a lot more getting after it, I would say. Like, right. Redick, the guy on the edge, Redick, I mean, I didn't really know who he was before the game. Maybe that's because I'm not following the Eagles religiously, but he looked like an absolute force, a Von Miller-esque uh, difference maker obviously smokes Purdy and basically that ends the game because like we're talking about the offense <laughs> turned into Christian McCaffrey chucking a ball to nobody when it came down to it right um so I mean you gotta give well, credit yeah. the Eagles for uh one, one interesting well, let me jump in there real quick one interesting thing about that catch which wasn't a catch but um the receiver was uh, Smith right or who yeah. was it? Yeah. So they have a call on their team when the, which I found out afterwards, but when the receiver wants to, you know, get the play going and not um, oh, yeah. give the uh, other team the opposition, the opportunity to review it, they go knuckles together like this, meaning run the play, run the play, run the play, so that you don't give the other team a chance to review it. And you would think that the 49ers would be watching something like that in that level of game. And they see a guy do this, they go, oh, he doesn't think he caught it. And it's tough challenge that early in the game. But watching what he did, he knew he didn't catch it. 
uh, and nobody picked up on it and they ran it really quick. So it wasn't the officials fault. It really wasn't the 49ers fault, but they could have picked up on that signal and thrown the challenge flag and, uh, you know, and would have been uh, overturned at that point. So that, yeah. that was yeah. an interesting like sidelight at the, at the end of it, or maybe right. and where they said, Hey, the, there actually was a doubt in the receiver's mind that he caught that ball and he signaled to the quarterback, run it, go, go, go. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we've seen over the years with like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, when they see something like that too, like, the more experienced team usually gets the better end of the stick on that one. So the fact that they were prepared for a situation like that and they executed even that part of it shows how, I guess, in sync the Eagles are and the year they're kind of having. Um, but to Polar Bear's point, I thought the defense did hold up. I mean, there was various points in the first half where I thought, I mean, it's still in reach. There's still potential for something if they can do anything. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it comes down to – they at certain points they just didn't have a quarterback and then they bring in Brock Purdy back who had already we didn't know at the time but he had torn a UCL in his arm so he wasn't going to throw the ball so you have a quarterback in there who's not going to throw the ball you're down three scores it was you know eventually as a fan you're going all right when's the next game start I think this is cooked yeah uh the only other key nugget was uh Trent Williams having enough of the whole deal and uh, the scrum <laughs> and Polar Bear, you must. This is this is your neck of the woods, oh, yeah. City, taking control of the the game. Just where he just picks up, the, down, baby. picks up the two hundred and twenty five pound man, throws him down. Get out of my face! I mean, that was the highlight of the 49ers game, really. <laughs> yeah, I wish he could have done that all game, if you will, to protect his boy. <laughs> that did not happen. But no, you know, Rick, you were talking about. Um, you were touching on the defense and, you know, give that little glimmer of hope. I think the biggest, you know, immediately after the fumble with the Purdy, you know, arm shattering, you know, that fumble came out and, and I could be wrong on this, but San Francisco's defense stood the Eagles up for, you know, a, a series and they didn't score off of it. That right there was my, you know, wow, okay, if their defense can hold them like that in a situation like that, that that's what I, I think we as fans were hoping for. And it just, again, like we've talked about, it just couldn't couldn't last that whole game. Yeah, it was – I mean, it would have had to have been like a 13-7 to 7 game going into yeah, the fourth yeah. quarter, right? And um, the 49ers would have just had to have done everything – right on defense to get it to that point because Philly can score um regardless of how many times they get the ball they can still score so when it got to be like 20 to 7 it was like boy two two touchdowns I don't know how they're going to get them again unless the defense comes through and scores right yeah I mean that's pretty much all there is to say about the NFC championship the Eagles were the best team in the NFC all year they end up going to the Super Bowl so I mean, they are a great team. So it's it, they'll be an exciting matchup for in our other game, which was much more exciting, much more of a championship vibe. <laughs> Bengals, Chiefs, Polar Bear, hit me with it. There's a lot to discuss here. A lot to unpack. Uh, there is. There is quite a bit. I, um, you know, I, I, I don't even know where to start. This game just compared to the first game was – Polar opposites, no pun intended. And um, 
I mean, you know, Kansas City, I think everybody just expected Kansas City to come out and play the game that they were going to play, and they did. They played how I anticipated Kansas City to play. Patrick Mahomes kind of taking control of things, you know, spreading the ball around, getting Travis Kelsey involved. And then, you know, the Bengals, I'm still fascinated. Again, I did not give them credit in the beginning of the season. And watching that game on Sunday, I'm every play, I'm just going, wow, this is just, this is fascinating to watch. Like these guys are a legit team. I think they've played very well. I love their defensive front. I thought their defensive front did a really good job, at least trying to contain Patrick Mahomes, which is going to be hard enough. Um, You know, there were some uh, questionable calls throughout the game, if you will. And I know we'll get into that, but, you know, for the second game and what we saw in the first game and just seeking for a better, you know, a better game in a whole, we got out of it. I think the result was crazy. And I think just the battle of Kansas City and the Bengals was exceptional. Yeah, I would say um, it felt more like a heavyweight title fight type of vibe where uh, Burrow versus Mahomes <clears throat> did not disappoint at all. Burrow had been 3-0 and versus the Chiefs, and then they won last year in Kansas City for the AFC Championship like we talked about. Um, I mean, for a while there, it was touchdown for touchdown. Like, every big play was matched. Um, there was a lot of huge – huge momentum plays where uh, T Higgins catching that like 40 yard touchdown from Burrow over two guys. That was a huge one to tie up the game. Um, And the chiefs go right back down and score. And I mean, Mahomes on one leg, I guess. I mean, it didn't really, there was times where he was limping and there was other times where he looked all right, but he was definitely playing through the pain of the, the high ankle sprain, but man, was he just lining up some of these throws. Uh, the one in particular I'm thinking is on, well, the fourth down one to Kelsey, where he kind of throws like a backfielder fade after he rolls yeah. out textbook Mahomes, where, you know, you can't really defend that because he's throwing it before the guy's even turning. It's impossible. It's vintage Mahomes. Um, and then the other one on third down, where he zipped it in past the uh, corner and caught Valdez Scanling. Mind you, we're talking about Valdez Scantling. Like, this isn't a top-notch receiver we're talking about here. Right. Uh, the dude was on the package like three years, did nothing worth value. Caught balls from Aaron Rodgers wide open. That's what he did. But Mahomes is finding dudes like that uh, on a limited receiver group and kind of just making them make the play. Right. Um, in terms of how uh, the game went down to the wire, so before we get into the refs, you know, discrepancies, and we have our resident ref here to uh, chime in on that, which is great. <laughs> but it came down to 20, it's 20 to 20 with two minutes left. Bengals have the ball. And I was thinking right there, this is the defining moment of, never well, like the game, obviously, but Joe Burrow can establish himself as one of these elite quarterbacks right now. He's already a very good quarterback, and I'm in on him but he's going to take this next level of uh, stardom, I guess, if he completes this drive. And I think a main theme of why it didn't end up that way, the Bengals O-line. I feel like the Bengals O-line completely let down that offense in that moment and throughout the game. I don't know how many times Burrow was sacked, 
Yep. But that was a theme at the beginning of the game. That was a theme at the beginning of the game. And then, you know, the biggest third down they had, granted, Chris Jones is, you know, all pro defensive end, what what have you, but to allow a sack on that play where Burrow came and, you know, attempt to get the ball oh, out, yeah. can't have it. Can't have it because you're going to get the ball back into Mahomes' hands, and guess what? He's pretty damn good. Um, And then, obviously, the late hit out of bounds. Pretty much, I mean, it did seal the fate. Yeah. And it was, it was, I was really hoping for overtime in that respect. And I think if he doesn't uh, late hit him, then they're on like the 40, some, like the 40 yard line. So they're going to have to run another play, don't have timeouts. I think it's more likely that it could have been overtime. But once the late hit happened, it was a foregone conclusion. And 25 yards out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. and, you know, obviously the guys want to make a mistake like that, but. You did. Like, it was definitely a late hit, and yeah. uh, you got to call it. So, that's how that one went. Demons, what do you got? Well, I just uh, – Mahomes, to me, I think he was way more hurt than than what he made it look like it was. And I think a lot of that is bravado, right? He's not wanting the competition to know that he's hurt, that he can run, that he can do all the same stuff that he could have done during the regular season. I don't think there's any way he can get out and run. I mean, he tried maybe, you know, once or twice for a couple of runs, maybe even early, but the dude was hurt. I mean, he he gets two weeks now, so but those things are tough to come back from. So it's yeah. he's still gonna be hurt. But the fact he put up the game that he did, um against a tough Bengals defense. I, we don't give the Bengals anywhere near enough credit for their defense. Um he played almost like his regular game um, against an elite defense. And I, he, ha- he had to basically every play that he made, as you're talking about with those passes and, and some of those wild ass throws that he makes, um, <laughs> he played his game and he was able to, able to overcome that defense and kind of keep him at bay a little bit, at least enough to get some first downs and keep the offense on the field again. And, uh, I, I I give the the game ball to Mahomes, and, and I don't know where it ended up going, but I think he was the the player of the game, um, even though statistically maybe not, but just his willingness and fortitude to win the game. Like I'm going to do whatever it takes on my end to win this game. Right. Uh, he brought the team along with him. I think what fascinates me is just the way that Andy Reid is able to prepare his team for these kind of games. You know. Like Andy Reid is, I mean, the way that Mahomes plays, don't get me wrong, is all off of Mahomes. But to be in the Andy Reid offense and to be able to run plays like that, know what situations look like, is just, you know, it shows how great of a coach he is. Yeah, and I think in that respect, too, showing the greatness of Burrow and Mahomes is that you can call any play you want, but really at the end of the day, like, your top guy is going to have to make a big time play in a game situation like this. And both of those guys did pretty much the entire game. I mean, Burrow, when they were on their two minute drive and it was like third and 17 after the intentional grounding and he finds a Hayden Hurst for like 20 yards. I thought that was such an underrated, incredible play to keep the drive even going. Right. When you figure third and 17, they're going to have the, the scheme to, push everything underneath and he's throwing guys wide open, you know, for 25 yards. Um, that matchup Burrow and Mahomes is going to be something 
hopefully that it's going to be like Manning and Brady going forward. I mean, all those matchups, regular season and playoffs thus far, have been exactly like the game we just saw, where it comes down to literally the smallest margin of error. Um, so that's awesome. And but again, when when the Bengals or when the when Burrow was sacked on that third down and they were going to punt the ball back. It was basically a death sentence. You like you literally were you gonna win the game on that drive or are you gonna give it back to Mahomes and yeah, something bad's gonna happen to you guys. And it did. And that's why you just can't give great players another opportunity because they're gonna take it. And that's how Mahomes, like Doc was saying, Mahomes took that opportunity to get another, you know, notch in the belt, so to speak, of another impressive game winning performance and you know, putting it all on the line to get his team in the Super Bowl. That was my point kind of the whole thing is uh it was Mahomes' game to win or lose. I mean, the penalty definitely uh, made the victory. He was no way he was going to kick the field goal from there. They would have had to have run another play, and maybe they gained some more yards. Right. Uh, but I don't. They said in like practice, uh, Bucker wasn't even attempting a field goal beyond like fifty yards. Uh, it was just you know too cold and too windy, and so you know you got to get the ball on the, on what the. 33 yard line to even get a 50 yarder and uh they were about what 10 yards from that even when that penalty occurred so um but it was a penalty i mean you know you can't not just not call it because the game's on the line i mean it was if you want the full game 60 minutes and you're you know an official that's the last thing you want to do is make a call like that to decide who goes to the super bowl Right, um right. nobody in the world wants that on their shoulders but when it's presented to you and you're going to be consistent with the entire game and the entire season they've been calling that you know all year long and particularly against the quarterback you know going out of bounds but um you got to call it and you know it is what it is there's i feel bad for the guy who did it and he's just trying to make a football play got kind of lost about where he was and and took that extra step and just big, big dude couldn't stop himself and just kind of lost where the where he was on the field. So I'm happy you uh, brought up penalties because that leads us into our next discussion, which is the refs in this game was a highly controversial, uh, talked about subject, I guess you would say. So, Polar Bear, I know you guys have. Big, big theories and subjects to address on this. So why don't we lead us <laughs> off and we'll go from there. Well, let's just, you know. <laughs> breathe, my friend. Breathe. Let's, let's let's start. Let's just start with the whole, you know. Yes, please. The fourth down, what have you. You know, as we all saw it, we heard about it, saw it talked about it yelled about it argued about it what have you i got i i sent some passionate texts about this you the did places i had to get my thoughts out oh yeah <laughs> and you know i think the biggest one we're talking about is the quote unquote extra down uh that the chiefs received in the fourth quarter again they were driving it was a third down um and correct me if i'm wrong because i might be getting things wrong here but uh, they ran a play, but the play became dead. And hold some... on, hold on. Oh. They ran the play. Yes. The play completed. And it was done. And then the punt team was on the field and the punt return team was on the field. Then 
then, oh, excuse me, Roger Goodell here. Announcement. Um, I fucked up. (laughs) Wait, actually, we weren't ready or something, so we're going to do the whole thing over. No, no, no. It was ridiculous. I go... I had I didn't even know what they were saying because it was a <laughs> it was a clock thing I thought the whole time because I actually noticed it when it was happening I go they're running the clock and it was supposed to be an incomplete pass so I go whatever so when he's doing his old diatribe I'm going all right he's just he's resetting the clock to where it needs to be and it's fourth down that would be the rational move correct this guy goes no 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 and demons. Technically, he's probably correct, but it was the it was the most wrong thing you could have done. Correct, especially in the fourth quarter with you know the Super Bowl at stake. Like this is why they played the sport. <laughs> so he goes, "Oh well, the ref stopped the play, although no one heard him. So it's third down actually, and now reset the clock." Yes. And my first text in a very calm manner was to Doc and Ryan. I go. How can refs be so bad at the professional level? <laughs> Astonishing that you so, would somehow in your head go, you know what? Let's give him another down. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I screwed up. So you know what? You get another shot here, son. Just- well, it was a, it was a referee issue. However, the side judge who was deep on the, I think he was on Cincinnati side. He's in charge of the clock, and he's running in as the play's going off, trying to stop the clock, right? So he's he's actually in the field trying to stop the clock. And then the play continues to go because nobody can hear his whistle. The ref of other officials are watching the action. So he had stopped the play. It'd be like, uh, like a delay of game, let's say, where the delay of game occurs, they try to blow it dead, they run the play and play technically never happened because um the official had stopped it prior to the play ever going off problem was nobody picked up on it anywhere players coaches other officials the only guy who knew was the one side judge and he's running from deep in the secondary towards the middle of the field trying to stop the clock and you you can't let the play go i mean the fact that it went and it happened was bad, uh, but you, but it, yeah. it was a dead ball. Yeah, it was. I think the way it happened was just horrendous. And go ahead, d- Mr. Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to ask, are you defending the referee's decision to uh, give him another fifth down? Yeah, they have to. Ah. Uh. So they, they you cannot run a play while you Whoa. can't run a play while the ball is dead. Whoa. You can't. Sorry, oh. fellas. So look, I I just I, I said that in my diatribe because I figured you would do that, being the referee that you are. The technical reasoning behind it, yeah. But the play goes on unhitched. There's really one guy out of position who's not actually playing the football game. So I think you get together and you go, well, the play. Yes. You talk about it. And yes. if, if everyone goes, well, the play happened anyway, none of us had any effect on any of it, fourth down, and put the clock at whatever it is, move on. Yes. But to go, well, you know what? On in on page 67, I think it said that we can't play well, this because yes. uh, John wasn't ready for play. 
Uh, but Patrick Mahomes was ready for play, and they didn't get it. So if so that you don't cost, know, you don't know that all twenty-two guys were playing as if it were a play, right? I, it certainly looked like it. Yeah, uh, it but, looked like but, everyone but, was playing the playing well, the play you, properly. If you but, saw the Bengals coach's reaction, then you would a hundred percent. Well, you know, yeah, no, I thought it was like. He, I didn't even know. Crazy. I didn't even know what they were talking about until no, like right. ten minutes no. after the thing. He did it. He didn't explain it at all. So I don't like. I didn't even know what he was talking about as he was trying <laughs> to explain what happened. I go. What is he talk, talking about? Like the play never happened. Like how could the play never happen? The play did happen, and you know, obviously they were short. So, but um, but he was trying to say the play should have never happened because the clock was not incorrect, and we attempted to stop it. So maybe the one corner, you know, on that side wasn't playing and he stopped. I don't know. But you can't. I don't know either. But, okay, so fine. Technically speaking, they get. Oh, yeah. Technical. technical. Yay. Technically speaking, fine. They get the, by rule, they get to have another down. But then on on the third down, the audacity. The absolute audacity <laughs> to call defensive holding and give them an automatic first down. I'm almost, yeah. I'm, I got no dog in the fight, right? I'm a Bears fan. And I'm like going there. I'm just sitting there going, are you kidding me? First of all. <laughs> and we can, you know, I don't want to dive into the weeds about how ridiculous NFL officiating and like the rules are of an automatic first down for a five-yard penalty. We can talk yeah. about that all day. But – the fact that you get, you know, you gave him an extra down, and then you're gonna do a tic tac, you know, illegal contact foul, like right. It wasn't even. Yeah. It wasn't even holding actually. Yeah, if, and it that's the thing is, if it is holding, fine, call it, and it is what it is. But if it's just two guys, got like I, you know, playing football, let it happen. Happen. But yes. McCardle, we're talking about. Excuse me, polar bear. Can we let the guys on the field to decide yeah. the game? The players yes. in the game, I don't need every advantage given to every wide receiver at every given time. Please just let the guy in either under center or in the field of play make a play if he's not being hindered. That's all. But no, we, we don't live in that world. That's the world I want to live in. But this is what I texted you, Mr. Peanut, was what kills me is that there are <laughs> too many things going on and the NFL is trying to catch it all. And I followed up by saying what we saw last night was the refs controlling the game. That's how I felt as a football fan. And technicality aside, what we want is a football game that we want to see. Yes, there are rules. We have to have rules. Jimmy's mom has to cook a sandwich before he has possession of the football. And then he finally has, oh, that's not a catch, unfortunately. We get all that. But... At the end of the day, and I I will stand by this, the NFL is trying to do way too much with this, that, or the other. And that's what we saw. And may, and as a mistake, the refs have too much shit that they're time, trying to look at. And it, and it took away from, again, it shouldn't have come down to those sole moments of the game. I agree with that. But those sole moments are what we are talking about as fans. And that sucks. The fact that we have to look at it that way and say, perfect example, a 
defensive holding or whatever, like just let him play the game. Well, it was it, it wasn't even holding, which would have at least been something that you could have seen. It's what that's that stupid, you know, illegal contact, um, you know, within or after five yards of the receiver going downfield, which that rule in high school that rule doesn't exist in college that rule doesn't exist they put it in the nfl because they want more points right so this is the nfl rules committee nothing to do with the officials the officials have to officiate whatever they're given but that's they're, they're given this this horrible rule not only is a five-yard is it a stupid rule because the receiver is in front of you and you're you're pushing him while he's in front of you, you're not holding him. You're pushing him, which every other established football league allows that to happen. They're calling it, but not only calling it, giving them an automatic first down on a meaningless, meaningless penalty. Oh, yes. It's just, that's that rule is so bad. Um, because that play, I'm telling you, that play happens every Every play. play. Yes. <laughs> every and play. And, Doc, you even said it. The NFL is giving the refs these rules with the, you know, and I understand that. But it goes back to exactly what I was saying, is that there are too many things going on and the refs are trying to catch it all. It just can't happen that way. And and what sucks is we get hindered as fans because they nitpick the bullshit of stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, if he's – blatantly grabbing the guy right. by the nuts and saying right. not getting the ball right. throw the flag but right. if he's if again it like the whole thing with giving um uh, uh oh my god kansas city an, an extra down again a ref coming in going oh my god oh my god like who cares the play has been completed whether someone wasn't quote-unquote prepared or not of 22 people being able to actively play the game it's just there's too much stuff going on there's too many rules that the refs have to mindlessly remember and it just it sucks and it again it it sours the game and is it going to change absolutely not it's only going to get worse because mom's kevin's mom's gonna have to pay 200 to get him out of jail and then he can catch something it's just how it's gonna go Well, I think I don't I don't know who Kevin is, but what I would, <laughs> but but what I would have what do I have liked to see, which is not in, in the rules, so it's not anything that could have happened, but what I'd like to see if that play went off and the clock was wrong, play went off, everything went off as it should have. You go back at the end of that play, I say, okay, and what basically is what you guys are saying. That play counts, the clock is wrong. We're going to put four seconds back on the clock. Yes. And fourth down. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what that, I said. That's what we would all have loved to see because that's what the players on the field decided that it was a fourth down play, and it it shouldn't have mattered. The four seconds really was meaningless at that point anyway. The four seconds was meaningless. So why change the entire scope of the contest because you want to have yes. the time back? Thank you. And I I understand that completely, yeah. and I I didn't like it either. It was right, but I didn't like it either. I yeah. think if we were all talking about four seconds, 
versus an extra fourth down, yeah, <laughs> it would have been a completely different story. And we, we as NFL fans, all three of us, and everyone else that are true, honest NFL fans, would not have cared. Hundred percent. Right. And to uh, illustrate the last point of the, the illegal contact and holding, there's absolutely nothing worse than when they do call it. And then you give them a chance and you go, all right, let's see it. And then the replay shows nothing. And you just go, God, like, what are we doing? Like, why is that a first down? Right, right. That right. is the worst part about it. And we'll end it there. We got the Super Bowl to talk about. Yeah. Now that those games have been completed, we got Chiefs, Eagles in the Super Bowl. And for starters, Eagles are favored by two and a half, I believe. Doc, is that correct? Uh, one and a half today. One and a half. Wow. Okay. Uh, a lot of faith in Mahomes, I guess, because that's going down. Um, but yeah, just another year for me personally of not really caring about who's in the Super Bowl, and that's just a shame for me. But anyways, to the actual game. Um, well, so let me let me let me expound on that just a second, because the polar bear actually, for once since I've been involved oh, yeah. in this routine. The polar bear for once had a team that he followed and that he liked and that he had an opinion on and that had to deep in that belly of his hurt when they went down early in the playoffs. So welcome to the world of being (laughs) a fan, my friend. Welcome. Welcome to the real freaking NFL where you live and die. When your team does not get where you think they should be, uh, how do you how do you feel about that? It sucks, but I am so happy to be here. I am so happy to be here. To actually feel to feel something makes it great, man. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy you brought it up because you know <laughs> I've been longing for that ever since the good old scumbag Chargers left. You couldn't get rid of the pain. Don't run from it anymore. No, no. I should just start jumping around to teams that I know are going to (laughs) win. Yeah, except except they didn't. No. And that's, you know, hey, when you're three and 14, it's like, whatever, you know, we were out of it a while. We were (laughs) out of it, you know, the week after the New England Monday night football game. Yeah. Basically, it's like they got smoked the next week, I think, by the Packers or something so we were out of it a long time ago, but when you're when you've got the team in it, particularly in the playoffs, anything can happen. And then having that defeat is like, oh, that's when you lay on the ground writhing in pain. You go, oh, oh so yeah. this is it, the old adage is: Would you rather have a team in the playoffs and have them get beat and feel the pain and misery of that, or would you just rather go three and fourteen and you know hope we get the number one draft pick and? Uh, you know, live with it that way. I, I, and then you don't have any pressure in the playoffs. So I, you know, that's a tough one. Well, to answer that, I definitely go the team in the playoffs because too. if you don't, oh, then, you yes. go, then you go 17 weeks of going, uh, here uh, we go again yeah. on Sunday, which is what I did every single week. Just <laughs> sit there for two hours, go, whew, man, that's a bad play. <laughs> okay. That's that guy's bad. And you do that for about two and a half hours and then they lose and it's done. So, so how long did it take the polar bear to get over that uh, Buffalo defeat? Uh, it took me a while. I was, I'm still actually <laughs> thinking about how bad they played even into this weekend. All right. 
<laughs> we're, we're getting back on track. Love the segue. Just attacking polar bears' uh, fanhood. I love that. <laughs> manhood at this point. Yeah, manhood, right. fanhood. Shit. There's going to be nothing left when he's done with you. No. He'll be a 145 scrawny little bastard running around. What happened to my team? What happened to my team? <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> Beautifully said. Uh, but yeah, the Super Bowl is going on. Chiefs Eagles. <laughs> How do you transition from that? So I know. All time. Um, so the Eagles are one and a half point favorites. I personally, at this stage, I like the Eagles. Um, as long as Jalen Hurts is healthy, I think they have not been tested yet in the playoffs. Not their fault. I mean, when you're rushing a guy so hard, you smoke his arm and he's dead, then that's how it goes. Right. Um, Mahomes having that ankle issue could be a similar issue that the 49ers had with Purdy, which not to say he's going to have the same injury, but the pressure that the Eagles were putting on him early was visible even before the injury. Um and, I mean, if the Chiefs pass rush keeps up as well, then the Eagles could be facing the same type of thing. But I like the fact that both one seats yes. for a change made it out of the playoffs or a change of pace. And uh, we're getting the two best put-together teams uh, that the NFL has to offer. So I think it will be very close. Um, I'm expecting a lot of high-level plays. Uh, it's going to come down to – the ancillary characters that you wouldn't suspect, like the Devonta Smith having the one-handed catch on the sideline on fourth down. Those type of plays are going to make the difference, obviously. Um, will the Chiefs' experience being in the big game make a difference? I don't know. Jalen Hurts seems like a very confident uh, quarterback, prop, arguably a Timber Mahomes who's the league's MVP. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Look, I'm looking forward to it as another year where I'm just a bystander. I completely agree with that. I'm I uh, I'm going for the Eagles as well, um, and mainly because I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes win a Super Bowl. All right, I'm changing the Chiefs because we went 0 2 last week. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's how it's gonna go. That's uh, how it goes. That's how it goes. How it goes. Um, that's betting. <laughs> but again, like I said, that I don't want to see uh, Patrick Mahomes win a Super Bowl. I'd like to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl, but not Patrick Mahomes. Um, quick, quick point on that. Andy Reid facing his former team in the Super Bowl. Pretty cool. Uh, oh yeah, it's great. I think I, I love that you touched on the one seeds playing each other. I think that I think as football fans, we always want to see the best on the field, and we're seeing that. And to make it through the playoffs like both teams did, and the ways that they were playing, I think it is going to be an exceptional Super Bowl that we have haven't seen in a while, you know, something where we see some true contenders uh, playing each other. I think what's really interesting is I do see a lot of similarities in their defense. Um, you know, their defensive front is very similar. If they can get off and play well um, and that secondary, you know, just kind of feeding off of that, I think both defenses will play very well. Again, you're playing two quarterbacks that are mobile. So that just adds a nice little wrinkle into it. Hopefully one doesn't get, you know, hit out of bounds at any point, and then you get a first <laughs> down somehow. But, um, again, offenses are a little similar as well. Uh, I, I do agree with you. I think those ancillary guys just coming in out of nowhere with a random catch here or there that breaks it for a long, you know, a long, long run or things like that, 
that's going to be the the difference makers. I think I think it'll be close. I don't think it'll be a big difference in scores, but maybe a touchdown, maybe a field goal. I don't I don't know how close it's going to be, but I think it'll be that tight. And hey, shit, maybe we'll get an overtime game. I would love that. So you talk about the ancillary. So the the one thing that you you got to look at too is let's say all the players on the field they're all most exactly equal in terms of offense defense. They're very very close to one another. Right. You got Andy Reid, coach on one side. You got Siriano on the other side. Right. Reid has got nothing but experience. Right. And you mentioned it earlier, Polar Bears. Andy Reid knows how to coach. And he knows what changes to make and how to change during the game. Right. Um, I think there's a big advantage there for the Chiefs, really. Um, Sirianni's kind of, you know, that you can't even tell. I mean, that championship game was there was nothing that he needed to do, right? Just roll the ball out there and go play. Um, right. But I've definitely got to give. Um, Kansas City, um, which is probably, in my mind, why the spread is where it's at. Because when I first was thinking about it, I figured Eagles by three and a half, like more than a field goal. Right. And, um, you know, it's the fact that it's actually going down from two and a half to two to one and a half. I think part of that is because Mahomes and and Kelsey looking like they're going to be able to play. So if one of those two guys ends up getting hurt, like you're saying, then that's changes the game dramatically Uh, but assuming that that doesn't happen then you get down to coaching staffs and making changes and and decisions and uh, putting in the game plan and I think Reed's probably got an advantage there so uh, that um, that will be interesting to see as the game goes on what kind of things they do particularly if the Eagles get out to a decent hot start what the Chiefs do to combat that and what they change during the course of the game to be able to, to stay in it. Um, but betting wise, I mean, I would take the Eagles anything up to probably three and a half. Uh, you get more than a field goal. I agree with you, uh, Brian. I agree that it's going to be a close game and it could go OT and three and a half and OT. <laughs> if you're given three and a half, you're almost begging to, you know, open up your pocketbook. So um, I would much rather have the points in that case, but one and a half, you're basically just trying to pick the winner. I mean, for the right. most part, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a good game. I hope. I mean, we say this year in year out, and then it turns out to be kind of a dud. A, a lot of them, um, but I think it's at least to start, man. It's gonna be a good game. Yeah, I think uh, what I was thinking about when you two were talking was uh, we're gonna see how good Jalen Hurts is as well um this is the biggest stage you can be on it's his third year starting and really this first year coming onto the scene and you're playing against a Patrick Mahomes who's won the Super Bowl been in five AFC championships so like you're talking about the experience on Kansas City side I think that is a huge advantage in one respect but how good is Jalen Hurts and I think there's still some questions there but really his play has been phenomenal the entire year yeah so I would, I mean, I would expect him to continue that. Um, but it is, you know, you get 40 or 60 minutes of football and you have to put it all together. There's only, you know, it's not like other sports where it's a best of five or a best of three or best of seven. It's 
you know, this is the game that you have to show up and perform. And I mean, if you go back to the Broncos Panthers Super Bowl with uh, Cam Newton and that whole Panthers team coming in really hot and they just, they did nothing. I mean, they came in either super overconfident or didn't have the right game plan or what have you, but that offense that had been putting up, you know, 35 points a game was reduced to nothing. Yep. And that just became from the, you know, Von Miller being the Super Bowl MVP. So Super Bowl is always interesting to see who shows up and performs on the big stage. I, I, I do think Jalen Hurts will have a good game. He just seems like uh, that type of athlete where he's going to, nothing's going to surprise him. Like he's going to put in the work to be uh, prepared for this moment. Yeah. But again, it's going to come down to, you know, basically Mahomes versus Hurts, which is obvious, I guess, because it's quarterback versus quarterback. But those are clearly those, the way those teams go is how those guys play. So um, I agree. I mean, it's, it's a, an exciting matchup. Uh, hopefully the Chiefs are at full strength because I wouldn't want, you know, Mahomes on one leg to be an issue or, you know, we, I want both teams to be fully explosive so we can see who's a better team. And let's reduce the uh, illegal contact penalties, which usually in the Super Bowl, pretty well-officiated game. Love I can't it. disagree with anything you said right there. I, I would love to pick out a part, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sports Manager, episode 28, come to a close. NFL heavy. Listen, NFL, our conference championships are done. 49 fans, you gave it all you had, but there's only so many quarterbacks in the world. You know what I mean? Right. You ran through 17 of them. You needed 18. <laughs> 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 so the, the Eagles take care of business there. Uh, they have some ridiculous stuff because, I mean, they beat the shit out of the Giants and then they beat the shit out of the 49ers. So I think those games combined, it's – something like 70 to 14 or something. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they have not been tested yet, but again, not their fault. Nope. And the chiefs pulling out an arrowhead, not burrowhead, which they mentioned various times in the uh, post game, which is pretty funny, but uh, a familiar face in the super bowl or the big time games. And we got the one seeds going up against each other, the birds and the chiefs. Polar bear, you got anything for the good people? Just, uh, you know, keep interacting with our page underscore sports banter. Uh, we also have our link tree there, which has our blog, all the places that we stream our um, podcast, including uh, Apple Podcast, Google, and Spotify. Also, we also have our, um, our blog city where we have our blogs and then our YouTube channel. So just make sure we're interacting with our page. Keep getting on there. Um, seeing all of our content of course this will be on you know on friday when it drops at 10 including our youtube video and then we have blogs that we post throughout the week as well so just keep uh you know we're trying to get as much content as we have to get out to you guys beautiful and a special shout out to uh, doc downing for joining us on the dais once again love having you on man love love the diatribe you uh, brought to the table once again <laughs> i always uh, always appreciate the invitation to be with the uh the two emissaries of blogging and youtubing and bantering about football i can throw in my two cents and uh, i always welcome the opportunity to get on and give you my penny or two <laughs> love it and thank you, you know, 
when you get the opportunity of pulling over hell about losing the playoffs, you take it. Every That's time right. you, Absolutely. Take it, you take it. Right. <laughs> Wouldn't expect anything less from you. <laughs> you were waiting. You were waiting for it. You know it. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I love it. But for episode 28 of season two, we out. See ya. All right. Thanks, guys.